You are listening to the world's finest podcast. That's right. Talking about pals pulls. We've got a full house tonight to talk comics. I'm talking Kale. What's up? Hot dogs. Marco. Okay. Tyler. Uh, I don't have my glasses on today. I'm going to be the odd man out. And I'm Sean. We've got five. Count them. Five of the biggest releases today to talk to you all about. We've got World's Finest. This is uh, World's Finest 20, the return to Kingdom Come. Of course, I was joking when I said we were the World's Finest podcast, you know. Well, you? House Polls, the, the main show is obviously the World's Finest. Right. Oh, right. right. Yeah, of course, of course. Uh, the World's Greatest Comic Book. We've got Titans number four. Sean, did I, did I sense a bit of uh, sarcasm? Sean? Oh. Come on. <laughs> what? Got Green Lantern number two. And this, I don't know if you guys can see that, but this is actually a signed copy. Oh. Yep. What? Uh, PKJ signed it for me at Comic-Con. He had these at his booth ahead of release. So I've actually had this for a few wow. days now. He's oh, like that I video game it. store on Fordham Road. Just breaking street yep. date. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Love those. Love those. I know what um, that means. We've got Sensational She-Hulk number one. Uh, or just the next issue of Rainbow Rolls, She-Hulk. Um, and uh, that was the listener pick, by the way. You guys really, really wanted us to review that. And last but not least, Beneath the Trees, where nobody sees, number one. Uh, and I got that one early because of uh, the IDW stuff that they had at the ICV2 thing. So yep. Oh, cool. that's what you showed me. Your little... Your little, little uh, yeah, the little tote. Tote bag, yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Welcome if you're watching us uh, live, if you are here with us as we get into this week's books. Thank you for joining. Let's talk World's Finest. Well, excuse me, let me do it right. Batman, Superman, World's Finest, number 20, Return to Kingdom Come. In the dawn of DC. Yes. Right. Uh, Although this is technically not branded as such. Oh, shit. Interestingly. Yeah. 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 Well, it it doesn't take place, you know. Well, it is in continuity, but it's like in the past. Yeah. Uh, This is by Mark Wade with art by Dan Mora. I'm shocked that Dan Mora is still on this book. But uh, (laughs) holding strong. Yeah. Hey, man. Uh, Happy to see the art, frankly. Of course. Yeah. It's a treat. Tamara Bonvillain on colors and Steve Wand on letters. Um, now I haven't been keeping up too much with World's Finest. I kind of I dropped off at some point. Um, but they've been they 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 teased and they and they do a good job of of telling us what we missed uh in the book as it relates to the relevant you know material uh for the return to kingdom come. Uh Magog or the person that would become him, uh, you know, Superman encountered. And then he was gone and Superman and Batman venture off to try to find him. And they do. And he's not happy. Now I love kingdom come. I'm sure you guys do too. Right. Did you guys do a book club on that? Yeah. You did. Yes. Yes, we did. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I like the idea that they're going back to it. How did you guys feel about this? return to kingdom come 
I love the world, so I think it's a it's a good idea. I I like the the setting. I like the characters. Um, I think there was a moment in this issue where they they look out and see all the graves, and I'm like, that's right. Like like this is a place of consequence as well, which I appreciate because it is in its own sort of bubble. Yeah. Or at the very least, in its own you know earth. So I, I appreciate that about the book and the concept. So yeah, I'm I'm happy that they're kind of floating through universes, and this is the one they've landed on. Uh, I like that it's Mark Wade doing it, especially. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if it were another writer or a writer, especially that was um, uh, sort of on a lesser tier than Mark Wade, I think I would have more of a problem with it. Um, going back to going back to the universe, I'm not thrilled about, but given that it's Mark Waite, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm down. Yeah, when I when I saw it announced, I felt a little, I felt it was a little gimmicky. Um, yeah, like all right, that was that was great for what it was, uh, you know, and you know, Alex Ross, like, can you really do that? Can he can he can he bark up that tree again? And then I saw literally the first page of Dan Moore, even before we get to the Kingdom Come thing, and I'm like, "Oh no, yeah, we can we can do whatever Dan Moore wants us to do." I'm I'm cool with that. Yeah, happy to see his art. Yeah, he's just so damn good, you know. And I keep waiting for like the Dan Mora event, you know, Dan Mora being the artist on an event, and I feel like he's been passed over. But then again, you know, th- this world's finest thing has been going on for couple years now um and so he's been pretty locked in on this and uh it's tremendous visual feast yeah well and he was doing or he is doing shazam and then i think he does doesn't he do uh some indie stuff too when grant morrison decides to do a klaus issue uh, <laughs> yeah. that's the only time yeah yeah i'm not sure of any indie stuff that he's currently doing he and- he were he it was with uh kieran gillen the King Arthur book? Oh, yeah, that one's done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Once in Future. That was Dan Moore. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. yeah my po- my right point being, dude works. Yeah. This dude yeah. was doing, at least at least Once in Future and World's Finest were coming out at the same time. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Nuts. Unheard of. Unheard of. Um, yeah, I mean, this is this to me was, was awesome. You know, uh, I really like Mark Wade's voice for these characters. And I appreciate the fact that this is taking place in the past. Mm. Something about it being separate from the current DC stuff feels good to me. Um, what does that say about the? Because, go ahead. What does that feel? What does that say about the current DC stuff? <laughs> well, you know <laughs> that. Yeah. So, uh, but that being said. In this issue, it's really there's really not a lot to talk about. I feel like um, the return to Kingdom Come aspect of it is definitely we get there by the end, uh, but this is really an introduction to the idea and you know these heroes taking a, this perilous journey. I actually really liked you know the sequence of them jumping onto the uh, the uh, the treadmill Cosmic and then treadmill yeah and then uh, ending up incorporeal mm-hmm. in this kingdom come world that was really smart i thought really good sequence it didn't feel like an unnecessary beat 
because that's what I thought. And, and like once they jumped, I'm like, oh wait, why do we have that moment? It's like no, it's like so you can come in to appreciate the world again. Yeah, um, just through these POV characters. I think it also establishes stakes, both that we already know are going to happen, but also mm-hmm. for Superman and Batman. Sure. Are you guys surprised that there hasn't been a Kingdom Come to? CW Gordon yeah. mentioned that. Yeah, I, that's um, something uh... of mine. Are you kidding me? Are you thinking that maybe there was, Kale? I have to look something up. I think there was rumors about it for a while. Magog's been in the universe every once in a while. He popped, he popped up in this uh, in the Superman Wonder Woman book uh, right after during New 52 a few years back. The ca- that character has been used a couple of times since then. Yeah, yeah, and I and I know Mark Wade was kind of blackmailed from DC for a good while. So this, even touching Kingdom Come with with Mark Wade, um, is kind of nuts in the year 2023. Like I'm still not over the fact that Mark Wade's back at DC. So the Kingdom is a story arc consisting of a two-issue self-titled limited series uh, and multiple one-shots done by Mark Wade, Ariel Olivetti, and Mark Zek. It is a sequel and a prequel. Oh. Uh, oh, I don't remember that. It was done in 98, I, well, so... I, I, can't, I can't imagine it... Uh, Knocked it out of the park the same way Kingdom Come did. So yeah, so we don't know about it. So yeah, I like this. I like I, this. It's a cool start to an arc. Yeah, yeah. I just, I think, I think my my struggle is that you know, and this is what this it's like a double edged sword with books like this, is that I don't think that any of this is gonna be. Like it's gonna matter, and I don't know if I don't know how much I care about going back to Kingdom Come now that we're there. Now that I actually read it, it's like, wow, okay, that was fine. Um, but I don't know if I'm that connected to seeing the outcome. I was a little in the same boat as you when this when World's Finest first started. I was like, all right, cool, Dan Moore and Mark Wade, Batman, Superman, the four things I like. Um, but it's in the past. I'm like, all right, so what does it matter? Um, in 20 issues in, what matters is that I, like it's just really good comics, you know? Yeah. Um, so I've kind of gotten past the whole continuity part of it. And, like, the fact that they can – that it is in the past and it's kind of an out-in-continuity thing. But they are working with multiversal stuff kind of leads the opening for it to matter in a way, if that makes sense. Sure. Because we're leaving traditional space-time in comics. Um, yeah, I mean, for me, it's just like, this is a really, really good creative team, um, probably doing DC's best book. So that's enough to kind of get, get the ticket for me. You think this is DC's best book? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Hmm. Month, month in and month out. It's, it's, you know, I've read a reissue and it's the one I look forward to most. Like I read out, I read alphabetically in my stack. I don't know. OCD, whatever. Um. But I will find World's Finest to read that first. But you don't read alphabetically. 
<laughs> well, not this one. <laughs> Actually, no, it might come up as Batman Superman, so that might be, I don't know. Uh, I, I just wanted to shout out the Justice League casebook. That is a thing I want to own. That's cool. That's a real thing, I think, right? Oh, is it? I mean, it sounds like something that would be in, like, a scholastic fair, you know? Or uh, or something that got put out sort of like the uh, uh, Batman's black notebook or whatever that came out. Yeah, it was yeah. all the collected stories uh, that Grant was referencing for the black glove. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, that looked like a, just like a fun little thing to, if you want to flip through, oh, here are these, you know, standout issues and yeah. that kind of thing. Good resource. I mean, I'm a fan of Justice Planet or Planet Justice, whatever whatever they were calling it. A themed restaurant in a comic. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That, that's, that was one of the things that like I liked about Kingdom Come and just see like that's where we go to first once they kind of get their bearings. I was like, yeah. I, I always want to see what horribly named uh, dishes they have there. What was it? The, the Craped Crusader was uh, the Batman-themed yeah. Crape yeah, dish. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yep. Love a pun. Planet, Planet Krypton. Yeah, I don't know. I... I... I'm into this concept and like I enjoyed this issue well enough I didn't connect to it the way that I thought I would uh I thought that you know Wade Wade did enough and you know you really do have to know what Kingdom Come is I think for this to hit with you um and that's kind of not a good thing I think it should just be strong on its own and it's not um at least in my opinion. So this, I think, is going to need another issue to really sell me on why we need to do this. And the work is strong enough that I'm willing to give it that second issue. Yeah, agreed. Sticking around for this one. And, and uh, as a good art start as well. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. Pull. 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 I would pull yeah. even just for the first two pages of just Dan Mora drawing multiversal DC characters in the art style. Like he he aped Paul Pope for Batman yeah. 100. He aped Mignola. Like that alone is just like give me those two things on like a poster or something. Because uh, I was just pouring over those two pages. But yeah, easy pull for me. Awesome. So now that we've talked about the world's finest book and you guys know you're listening to the world's finest podcast let's talk about the world's finest fans that join us over on patreon.com slash the comics pals y'all are the real mvps thank you so much for choosing to do that and of course we try to give you bang for your buck uh over there you can find our exclusive show palling around that's where we talk about pretty much whatever we feel like talking about um, untethered to the world of comics, although sometimes, you know, there's some some crossover. Uh, you also get a newsletter, one a week from one of us, uh, and you get a nickname and a shout-out on the main show. In addition to other things that, uh, that we love to do over there, I did a free blog over the course of New York Comic Con, so that's still available if you want some deeper thoughts that we didn't necessarily get into on the show when we discussed New York Comic Con. Uh, last Sunday. So uh, lots of cool stuff happening over on our Patreon page. YouTube.com slash the comics pals is where you can watch this show live every single Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern. Saturdays at 10 15 a.m. Eastern for the main show. This week, 
we're going to be talking about uh we got a we got a fun show planned we're going to be talking about uh a dc ultimate universe uh that's a major rumor that's been going around that might just be true we're going to talk about what that might look like and who might be involved uh i'll throw out a name scott snyder oh greg capullo throw out another one i can't i i just don't i don't want to know what a what an ultimate universe uh ultimate dc universe looks like for the wonder twins i mean if the Marvel one has any indication. <laughs> I don't know. Hey, I got that reference. Oh. Good good for you, Marco. Yeah. I'm He's like, learning. Kinda, We're learning them good. Yeah. All right. My brain be growing. Nice to know that's what sticks with you. <laughs> huh? Nice to know the, the incestuous relationship of Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver is what did it for you. Good to know. Sorry? Love it. And uh, come join our Discord server. It's a boatload of fun. Uh, love to see you guys coming and hanging out with us. Uh, upcoming or not this upcoming two Mondays from now we will be having our first ever live book club that's October 30th and we're going to be talking about the long Halloween that is a book that somehow in pal's history we have not discussed it's wild the book club setting I know right so we were saving it for this we knew all along day yeah. one we planned this that's right day yeah, we- damn one you knew like two of you would leave. I would somehow come in. Okay, well, foresight. Yeah. Yeah. We need about seven years to be ready. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta let it sit and marinate. Uh, let's let's dive into Titans number four. This is uh, this is by Tom Taylor, art by Nicholas Scott, colors by Annette Kwok, and letters by Les Abbott. Now, if you look at the cover. We've got Beast Boy chilling with animals, which is nice. And uh, Amanda Waller, the, the specter of Amanda Waller looming over him. And it says on the title, Enter Amanda Waller. So, anyone care to tell me what it is that Amanda Waller did in this comic book? Same thing I'm doing right now. I sat on a chair and looked at some screens. <laughs> Go ahead, Marco. Uh, she popped up for one page. And she said words. Yeah. Oh, the doctor. <laughs> Is that oh from the BBC? They they've already done the reveal of Doctor Hate though. Like we saw that in the last issue, didn't we? So, or was that like we saw like Doctor Hate being revealed? So like it, and then it goes like I don't know, guys. This is such a boring comic. I'm sorry, <laughs> bro. DC is failing the titans it feels almost purposeful like like it it is like at one point beast boy is like you know what we're we're just doing we're just too inactive and i'm like hell yeah beast boy all right let's do something and he's like i want to do a reforestation effort i'm like uh i don't want to read that (laughs) and in the middle of that they go uh, he and raven go stop a mugging and it's just like yeah that that was egregious i thought um it it feels like they're so overqualified. Like you know when you like you I don't know if you work with somebody who's just like, oh, they're really good at their job, but they're not doing the thing that they might or should be doing. It's just like, oh, they're kinda like they're phoning it in. Yeah, I work and, IT. That's all of them. Yeah. <laughs> uh and, but but that that's what it felt like. It's like they're slapping a mug in? Bro, they're adults. Like what's going on here? Like I don't did, what is this kitty shit? 
and then and then the the other moment for me was when uh cyborg is just holding on to the big crusher like it's nothing having a casual conversation with uh with donna troy and with, with starfire being like oh you know what hey, hold this real quick i'll be right back i got a thing to do like none of this felt like it was of importance to them and that was disappointing zero stakes in this whole yeah thing. this is remarkable to me uh i am absolutely flabbergasted that this is this is the premier superhero team at at dc and they are in borneo uh stopping deforestation like listen that's all great and important but the characters themselves are not taking it seriously. They know that this is small potatoes. I know it's small potatoes. Why are we not past this? We already had an issue of this. Why are we back to this? That's so crazy to me. Literally in Borneo, too. Yeah. Like, they're putting the boar in Borneo at this point. Like, <laughs> this is just the, oh, there's nothing happening here. I will say some of the Nascenti art, or um, that's that's not Nascenti. It's... um. This is Nicholas, Nicholas Scott. Scott. Nicholas Scott. There's the end. Um, was a little more energetic, I feel, this issue, because we actually got a little bit of action. But even that, it's just... I, just, I can't get past Beast Boy's face. This looks weird to me. But they're back to the scene of the crime. They're back to the scene of the crime. You go back to Borneo? We can't... Like, I wanted to love this series so much. I really did. I came into the first issue review very hot and uh and I've been I've praised it. I can't believe that this is what we're doing and I'm out. I'm out. I'm sorry. I can't. I can't. The creative team is so good too. Yeah. Like like on paper this should be a really good book. And like part of me is like maybe they're kind of hobbled because they have this beast war event coming and maybe that's where it starts happening but what are we four issues in yep well the the worst part i think is that this is actually a good teen titans book what do you mean this is what the the old wolfman and perez titans books were mm. and it was good because it was about relationships and it was about you know the way they talk to each other and it was about you know the titans working within the world and me and and meaning something you know and and trying to live up to something it doesn't but, feel sorry go ahead. but this doesn't feel like that like or it shouldn't be like that we don't need this shouldn't be a book about relationships this should be a book about the titans kicking the shit out of apocalypse or the planet Marco, there's a, a the new gods thing. Never mind. That's Dark Side's house. <laughs> yeah, I I I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, there's good character work here, I I think, and there were sequences that I enjoyed. Like I really liked um, I really liked the 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 scene with uh, Wally and his wife, um, and how she's you know really encouraging him to listen to them. They're trying to save his life. They're including her and the family in the process of knowing what's going on with him, which is not how superheroes typically do things. So yeah. it's like those small things that, that in my mind that you pepper in 
that you go, okay, those are the differences between the Titans and other teams. But it feels like these first four issues have been dedicated to doing only that, and they're showing the most boring aspects of the Titans. You know, that just doesn't really strike true to me. And then you've got this alien subplot, this this Stranger Things creature subplot that you know, this is moving at a snail's pace. I don't think four issues in this get they get to do this. I'm sorry. And I think the, the cast almost feels too big for the story. Like the amount of people. Like Starfire does nothing. Cyborg does nothing. For for the guy writing Nightwing, Dick Grayson doesn't really do anything in this. Um Yeah. It's it's like half the the the, the team is just irrelevant. They're tools. It's like Starfire makes blast, cyborg has a boom tube. That's his character at this point. Um. Yeah, but I don't know. It's a bummer. That feels like the most Justice League like about <laughs> that cyborg about this book. <laughs> As somebody who my familiarity with Titans began with this, um, and and the only other thing I've read is the Judas Contract. This is I wouldn't. Why would I continue to buy this? Like, no, this. This cannot be the replacement of the league. Beast World has to breathe life into this series, and then they really need to get into some Amanda Waller stuff big time. Because right now, from my perspective, there's no reason to buy this, and I I, I can't. It's great creators, just not working story-wise. I genuinely cannot imagine what Beast World is going to inject into this. My worry is that you're going to introduce Amanda Waller, but it's still going to be low stakes. It's still going to be, you know, they're going to, the Titans are still going to manage to phone it in. And if they lose to Amanda Waller, that's going to be, like if they have trouble beating her, that's, it just feels like they're continuing to depower them. They're they're not as strong as I would have thought the Titans to be. And that's a, a big frustration on my end. I'm also frustrated in what it's turned Amanda Waller into. Like, like I could almost see the mustache she's twirling at this point. Like, she used to be such a calculated, strategic, strong character. And, like, she just does nothing now. Yeah. Uh, Dan in the chat had a question about um, removing an expectation from the Teen Titans. And he, he says if somebody reads this 10 years from now ignorant of what this book was supposed to be might they like it um i i don't think it's well constructed comics um i think the the writing is serviceable but the stakes at hand and the consequent consequences coming out of those things are non-existent i think i would trade weight before giving like the final verdict on the longevity of it. Because mm. I think there is a point to separating the expectation. But I don't know, man. Something cool's gotta happen. <laughs> I mean, what's what's a DC trade? Five issues at this point? I tell you. Like, this is gonna be a boring ass trade. <laughs> I just don't I just don't see like I can't imagine how tastes would change 10 years down the road so much that four straight issues you can do basically nothing and that be justifiable um it's rough 
nothing happens. I, I can't even pinpoint an arc here. Like, whose yeah. story is this? Birds of Prey is half the issues in, and yep. I'm enjoying it twice as much. Happened. Yeah. And it's weird because, like, Tom Taylor's other two ongoings, Nightwing and uh, Superman, Son of Kal El, um, are good. And I think they're working as ongoings. They're like, there are arcs, there are stories, and there are like character moments that, tra- you know, transcend the arc. And there's character yep. growth. And there's like, uh, these are just paper dolls. And, and he knows how to deal with an ensemble cast. He yeah. has it in Dark Knights of Steel. Whenever people on the, the Bat family come in to join Nightwing, he knows what to do. She's not working on this. And, and you know, my last thought on this is, you know, when you get the big job, which this allegedly is the big job, there are other considerations. Dark Knights of Steel, for example, is outside of continuity. Nightwing is a smaller title. So who knows how much that stuff that we don't get to hear about is playing into this. I don't know. People love Tom Taylor. Tom Taylor's great. Nicholas Scott's great. But this isn't great. And I have to pass. I have to pass. And I don't know that we can continue reading this book for the show. I would greatly appreciate not having to continue <laughs> reading it for the show. You're, you're souring his taste on his favorite super team. Me? Oh, uh, like, this doesn't change my opinion of the Titans. Oh, fair, fair. It certainly changed my opinion of the creative team, but not the Titans. <laughs> Manny says, how's it putting up against Avengers? Honestly, uh, it's a it, you remember how at the end of uh, at the end of uh, World War Hulk Sentry and, and Hulk knocked each other unconscious and it was a stalemate. That's this. <laughs> Both books are, uh, in my opinion, abominable. And it I neither one is better than the other. I'll say I've enjoyed more issues of Titans, but comparing four issue to issue four to issue four. Uh, no difference. Rough. Yeah. You know where pass. I stand on that question. Uh, but yeah, it's a pass for me as well. Yeah, hard pass. Let's hit that like button. Let's hit that like button. Let's uh, let's give us a rating or a review on whatever podcast hosting platform you're listening to. If you enjoy what we do, you want to support, that is a free easy way to do it and we appreciate every single person that does that send in your thoughts questions comments about the show you can leave them on youtube you can also leave us write us an email contact at the comics pals or wherever it is that there's a comment section and you can get with us drop us a line we'd love to hear from you especially if you're not especially if like you're not in our in our youtube comments all the time i want to hear from people that listen and don't comment i think that's really fun so say There's hello. Incognito people out there. Yeah. Yeah. Word. Say what's up. Yeah. Become cognito. <laughs> is that, uh, is that the, the header of the next uh, issue of Titans? <laughs> yes. Marco, what were you going to say there? Uh, in it, our, our community is very positive and optimistic. And so to reflect that, Roboters in the chat says, the cover is fun. I'll give it that. All right. Roboters, I did pick the good variant. So, for the variant, yeah, I'll say that the variant Tyler has on the uh, on the screen there with all the Titans uh, kind of hanging out and uh, some of them playing a board game D and D. I guess that's a fun, cute cover. I wish that, that the book that would, inside was more fun. That would be a more fun story, honestly. 100%. Like Raven running a, a, a DMing a D and D story. 
We great. Come on, that's not oh. a Justice League book. It's not. You're right. It's a Titans book. I would be equally disappointed. Oh, damn. yeah. Come on. Tyler, I feel you. There's a there's I'm, arc, like there's I'm with you, but it's not a Justice League book. Yeah. Kale, do you feel like you're uh, it are you stuck on the fact that this is Titans as Justice League as opposed to just Titans? Yes. Okay. And I don't think that's unreasonable. Cuz that's what they told us it, it was. It was marketed as that, yeah. Yep. This is the level up. Night Nightwing is the uh the greatest character in in the DC universe or whatever. Right? Like he did the Christ pose on the cover of you know, Dark Crisis or whatever. Why isn't he doing anything? Forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. Yep. He's putting out forest fires in Borneo. Does that does that place, by the way, Borneo mean anything to to anyone? To like island. you guys remember the the, the X Men animated series when they introduced Cable as the Wild Man from Borneo? <laughs> That's literally the only thing I can ever think of when I read about that place. I just think of rainforest. I don't remember that. Oh, man. I always thought that sounded so cool. You know what else is cool? Green Lantern War Journal. We read issue two uh, by Philip Kennedy Johnson with art by Montos, colors by Alex Gumarares. Gumarares. Letters by Dave Sharp. So issue one did a great job of introducing us to Jon Stewart at a place in his life where he's sort of um, sort of settling in and rejecting the Green Lantern lifestyle. He wants to, you know, enjoy his mother and make sure that she's doing okay and happy, regardless of what that requires of him. But of course, the forces of nature, the forces of evil are drawing him out. Um, and so this issue is, you know, an expansion on that idea. He goes to potentially get a job at Steelworks, which is something we've seen unfolding in the pages of the Steel miniseries and Action Comics and all that stuff. Um, and, uh, yeah, he gets a, a, a pretty disgusting visit while on a train ride um, that's probably going to have a huge impact on his life. I, I thought this was absolutely fantastic um this is this is my pick of the week okay okay that was good i love a good yeah. uh train story you know sure I, I like that he started here with his mother like it's a very reflective john feels like a very reflective character and so he he knows what is of value to him and um, I really connected with that. I think that's something that uh, Johnson does really well with his characters is what is important to this individual. For Superman, it's building other people up. For John, it's protecting those closest to him and uh, engaging and spending time. So I really appreciated his approach in this. And uh, the villains coming in to wreck that, man, it's good comics. It's fun. You know, I wasn't sold on the idea of a Green Lantern on Earth. Like, that idea, like, I'm just such a big Jeff Johns Green Lantern fan mm. um, that it almost doesn't compute to me. I'm like, oh, no, this is this is the space cop, you know? This is the, the outer space, big, big storybook. Uh, but, but PKJ is doing it for me on this. I really enjoy this. I like how small the story is, but it's also kind of 
big behind the scenes. Like at its core, it's really John adjusting to life on Earth, not as a commissioned Green Lantern core member anymore, and how he deals with his mom, who's kind of dealing with you know a bit of a memory issue, um, and he's just trying to find a job, like something small like that. But then there's this huge thing happening in the background. Um, PKJ really juggles that well, you know. Think of Warworld, how like the the core of Warworld was really Superman and those kids. Uh, meanwhile, Warworld is happening in the background. Um, so I, I think this book really shows Philip Cunningham Johnson's strengths, and it's damn good looking too. Yeah, this is, you know, this is this is the kind of comic that I think uh, John Stewart has long needed. Because this is a character that a lot of people love and have affection for, yet when it comes time to get him in the comics, it can be difficult. And then when we do get him, it's like not that interested in diving deep into who he is and, you know, telling stories that create the stickiness that make fans of characters. You know, and I love Jon Stewart, but I just haven't gotten to read too much of him that was great. So I'm happy that. Philip Kennedy Johnson is, you know, taking his Midas touch because that's really what he's got um, and bringing it to this character that desperately needs it. You know, he's unabashedly powerful. And I really appreciate that. I appreciate a character who says, you know what? I got the sauce and uh, I'm cool with that, you know, and he is the perfect Green Lantern. That's something that Philip Kennedy Johnson said in our interview that I completely agree with in the sense that, you know, if you're going to if you're going to carve a person out of stone that would be a perfect be a Green Lantern, John Stewart is that person. And setting him up with, you know, a big huge scary villain to fight. I think that's I think that's huge. And now the infection is inside of him. That's going to be a big test. I love it. The the last good John Stewart story I feel like is Tomasi's Green Lantern Corps, and even then that was a Green Lantern Corps book. Um, so like I don't remember reading just like a good John Stewart comic. Can I just stop things real quick to uh, respond to Christian Harriet? That says, uh, I listen to this podcast on Spotify religiously and catching a live one is wild fun. Hey, thank you so much for joining us live. That's really cool. Um, we appreciate that. You're exactly the kind of listener that I just asked for. So it's crazy that you're here. Uh, love it. Thank you so much. Hope you're having fun. Just sheer willpower. Uh, just summon that. Jeez. <laughs> you're the, you're wow. John stewarding right now. I love that. I love that. Uh, that callback. Uh yeah, like I said, this is the this is the pick of the week. The story's phenomenal. And then the icing on the cake is that the art's also really great. Toes. Haven't heard of them, but gonna check them out. The um I think it was at New York Comic Con, the uh it was Ghost Machine panel where Jeff Johns mentioned how Brad Anderson would not give the secrets on how the glow effect works for Geiger. Um, I don't know how. Uh, who's the who's the colorist in this show? I don't have it up right now. Alex Guimarez. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. How they're pulling off that like purpley glow effect too? It's it's 
scary looking. It's just this weird thing that this does. I don't. It doesn't compute that it's on a two dimensional plane. You know. Mm. Um, but the art isn't. You know, it doesn't feel three dimensional. It still feels like kind of a, a flat book in terms of the art. But like the coloring just adds depth to it. That's pretty pretty wild. Mm. Well, he even has flares that he uses pretty frequently on like these bright lights that just look like stretches of of uh, just swashes of color, which I thought were really really well done. There's a moment when they're entering the steelworks building, and it's super subtle. It's on the third second panel, and it's just the light coming through the windows, but then coming through the trees. Like, he takes into consideration the fact that there are multiple mediums that that light has to pass through, and paints it as such. Okay. Shit. I think we're at the the point of digital art and coloring where we're starting to see an evolution of what that can be. Yeah. Um, I think in the last two two years or so, that's where I've been really seeing it. It's very good. Pull for everybody. Full full pull. Yes. It's full pull. pull. Yeah. That's fun to say. It's almost as fun to say as War World. I hate trying to say that. It's hard. <laughs> Well, try saying Sensational She-Hulk five times fast. I will not. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, try saying Rainbow Rowell five times fast. <laughs> uh, you know what? Rainbow is the writer on this, joined by Andres Genolet uh, on art with colors by D. Kniff, um and letters by Joe Caramagna. We reviewed the first issue of Rainbow Rolls She-Hulk when that launched. And here we are once again reviewing the first issue of Rainbow Rolls She-Hulk. Of course, this time it does have that sensational tagline on it. This one did a lot less for me than the first one did. I think the issue with this one is that it's not an issue one. Right. It's the next issue of She-Hulk. Like right. I, I'm, I've, I've pulled every issue of She-Hulk. I'm just behind. So like reading this, I was like, well, now I know what happens. You know, it was, it felt like it's just like because it wasn't a clean start. Um, I feel like I've missed out on stuff. Um, I still really, I think Raven, uh, Rainbow Rolls' uh, voice for characters is unmatched. Uh, like some of the stuff she's done with like Runaways, and the previous volume of this are fantastic. But it did feel weird as a new number one. It's just like typical Marvel needs to boost sales real quick. So they're going to put out a number one, uh, which is a bummer. But like at the same time, like it's just the name of the game. They did. Uh, I, I do appreciate the little previously at the the cover. Um, they don't tend to do that. So when they do, and I think it's it makes sense for exactly that reason, Tyler. You know, it's a, they're just a relaunch and recontinuation of what's been going on. At the very least, you're giving somebody something. So, you know, hats off to that at minimum. What do you What do you mean they don't tend to do that? Uh, they don't do like a previously on this comic. The, this was what was, has been going on. Like a recap page? Yeah. Yeah, um, dog. That's Marvel. like Marvel's Marvel always does it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like a little blurb. DC yeah, doesn't dog. do it. Yeah. Oh, is it just DC stuff? Yeah. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> As he wears a manga hat. Listeners, viewers, uh, there's right. your reasoning. <laughs> that's right. Oh my god, that's so funny. Um you know what? I I didn't have a hard time getting into this from the standpoint of 
having missed out. I read like the first four or so issues and I dropped off, but I actually thought Rainbow did a decent enough job of, you know, catching you up if maybe you've been gone or you just didn't read anything. Um, My problem was just that I felt like I didn't care about this. I don't care about this stage of She-Hulk's life at this particular moment. I didn't care about the Fight Club. That came off as too goofy for me. Yeah. Um, Same. Yeah. And the relationship with Jack of Hearts is interesting. And I like what that says about She-Hulk and everything else. But then like that sequence with the the two, you know, the the uh, the uh, the Eternals dudes, the Deviants or whatever, um, the castaways, that was even slow and didn't I didn't care too much about it. So. I just couldn't, I didn't find anything to like attach myself here to, despite the fact that the actual work is good. Shout out to a short king. That, what's that oh, meme? Ben, ben that... Grimm? Yeah, Tyler, they missed the boat on that one. The meme with the girl. Yeah, the Lauren, the, up, let's, let's be real. I'll, I'll name the, the oh. actress. The Lauren Phillips meme. Whatever. Oh, hey, listen, nah. hey, listen to the Longbox podcast from years ago to know all the porn references that were in but, that. But, like, they should have recreated that. How come they She-Hulk they really doesn't hold yeah. Jack of Hearts up against the wall? That's Damn. what the people want. I wouldn't doubt that it was in there and had to be changed because it was too much of reference to directly porn. <laughs> the people. <laughs> Meanwhile, I mean, Greg Land gets to do, you know, but. um, Yeah, it's not, again, it's it's good work, I think. I think I agree with Tyler Rainbow's voice for these characters is rock solid. Um, and the art's great. Good looking book. I just couldn't connect. I think Ra- Rainbow does real good character interaction work. Like, like there's, there was a, there was a beat here where, you know, uh, Jack, Jack of hearts is, you know, he, he shows up on, you know, the, the punch club meeting and, you know, he's absorbing radioactive energy and he, and the thing mentions he absorbs a radioactive bomb and then uh, Titania looks at Absorbing Man being like, you've never uh, absorbed, yeah. absorbed a radioactive bomb. <laughs> like, those okay. little beats are fantastic, yeah. um, which I think worked amazingly well in Runaways because that's kind of what Runaways is. Yeah. She-Hulk is a little bit – I still don't think Marvel's really solidified what She-Hulk is in terms of a comic. Sometimes it's punch things, and sometimes it's a, it's a law procedural. Um, and I think sometimes it's trying to do both at the same time, which is kind of where this book is. Um, so I think what the MO of the book is, I'm, I'm unsure of, but, um, those beats are great. Traditionally, and, you know, uh, like, correct me if I'm wrong, but traditionally She-Hulk is a humor book that happens to have superhero stuff in it. Yeah. With a lot of fourth wall breaking as well. Yep. Yeah. And this just doesn't quite, for me, it doesn't quite deliver on either level like the humor is not all the way there the fourth wall breaking stuff's not all the way there but also the superhero stuff just isn't all the way there is it because it's trying to do it all at once no because there have been other she-hulk books that have done it all at once and have done it better i i think to to that point the I don't think that it needs to do it all necessarily. And I, I like the little flavors that we got. I, I, I appreciate that we didn't go all the way into this is a, a comedic book. Or this is all for superheroes. Like this was just a very light book to introduce us to players, to introduce us to dynamics. 
um, and then to introduce us to at the very least, like this is this is her life moving forward. And but it's not introducing it. I, I mean, for for this being an issue one, I I think it did that work. I I, I think mm-hmm. it reestablished that initial relationship with um uh what's Jack his face Hortz. yeah uh which uh, for someone who hasn't been reading the book cool level set she's dating fine she's in this fight club that she does as a hobby okay fine I, it it set a, a a base for me to ground myself and now i can decide should i go back and catch up or should i just stick through and see where the rest of this goes and i do like the added wrinkle that is their relationship where like he can't be with her physically unless he's doped up on radioactive energy um because like traditionally she hulk like she's trying if she's trying to fuck she's gonna do it you know like like watch the show for for christ's sake um so this kind of adds a little wrinkle there in the most comic booky way possible too i just don't know why this needs to be an issue one i think it's a little weird that it is and there's nothing like nothing here starting, you know, like everything is a continuation of something else that you probably haven't read. And I just think that's an improper way to start a series. And that's probably not their fault. Um, clearly, Rainbow has a story that that she wants to tell, and that's totally valid. But if you're coming with an issue one, I think you've got to do some 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 work to establish a new way forward. Um, or or something hot. There's nothing even hot here. Yep. You'd think with a new number one, there'd be a new status quo, and it, and it seems like the new status quo in this is just a relationship, which should just really be a beat of a bigger status quo. But well, that's and, not even new. Sure, and in that yeah. case, like, is this a romance book? Right. Let it be. I think it's a book about She-Hulk's life. And there's nothing wrong with that inherently. It's just that to me, there was nothing so interesting or exciting here that I need to read this. And in an industry that's struggling with sales, I don't know how this book justifies the space on the shelf for me as, right now. I almost wish this was this was marketed as like Marvel's slice of life book. Because like the manga readers, they're always asking for slice of life. They love slice of life. Yeah, dude right there. Um Got the- Got the hat, but maybe market it that way, and maybe you can steal some some manga readers, you know. Like, I, but I also I don't. <laughs> Marvel marketing is just non-existent. Is that fair? I mean, this is marketing. We're talking about an issue yeah, one. We're, we're doing their marketing, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, no. I mean, we're we're talking about an issue one, right? That really is just a, only exists for marketing reasons. There wouldn't be. We would not be talking about issue one. We'd talk about issue twenty or however high it got. Yep. This issue only exists for marketing reasons, and that is the worst reason to do a new number one. Short. Yep. The short term sales are the yeah. priority. Yeah. It's that uh, oh. that image of SpongeBob opening up all reliable. You know, it's just like that's all they go for. Yeah. Right. Yep. Also, uh, C. W. Gordon points out. Oh yeah, the Hulk sh- showed up. Word. Okay. So like. So, okay, right. The Hulk shows up. Why wasn't that page mm, three? Why are we dealing with... Because I got three pages of them making out. Okay, but page right, four. So page like, four. <laughs> <laughs> I like, just... that, 
that's the interesting thing. Lead with that. Mm. Besides the making out part. <laughs> well, I, I think to Tyler's point, a slice of life like this that that's that's the fun part. That that to me feels like the hook is I'm 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 walking alongside her as she operates in her day to day. That to me is the fun part. So that why is, is the hook here? I don't know, but that's why it's at the last yeah. page. I think that, that makes that's, sense. That's no, a hook but for that's Kale's point. Audience. If you yeah. if what you're if what you enjoyed most about this book is the romance aspect, and you want a slice of life, right. then what do you care about the Hulk being in the book? But if you if you came to this because you want to see you know She Hulk kick butt and you want to see you know big superhero stuff, then the Hulk should be more prominently featured because then you're gonna go okay cool. She Hulk and Hulk are gonna be together now. At the end of the book, what's the real hook? What's the thing to get me to come back for the next issue? I'm not coming back. Mm. Especially when the Hulk is doing incredible stuff, so to speak, in his in his title. Well done. Like I I I don't know what the Hulk is doing here, but I guarantee I'm not interested in it compared to. What's happening over there? Right. Marowak Oscuro brings up uh, the fact that Chip Zdarsky's Daredevil did exactly the same thing, where it essentially rebooted itself uh, with the exact same creative team. And I think that's true. But in that case, it was hot. It's a hot issue one. It's a good book. And and again, this is just Zdarsky wouldn't have done that. Like this is just Marvel's marketing, right? Like, it's, it's not the fun. If this was issue twenty-two of She-Hulk, right, by the same creative team, right? Cool, good stuff. Yep. But it can't be judged like that because it's not that. Hmm. It's five dollars, by the way. This is a five-dollar comic. Could have gotten a foot long with that. Uh, In this economy, <laughs> Christian Christian Harriet. In the chat, also mentions books can market new arcs too. I agree. I think they should, you know, new arc starting, and uh, that's usually on the retailer side. Um, typically, is the responsibility of the the retailer side, but I think should be on the publisher end. Uh, he says, uh, "I asked my shop to put me in for the Detective Comics, Good, Bad, Wanted, um, Double Ship. That way, in the I guess in the event of that he wanted to jump in, could. Um, but because this is launched as that number one." Yeah, that that's not it's not the same, uh, it's not the same vehicle that you would typically do for ongoing comics. Yeah, because all the marketing for the big two is the creators. Like the creators have to market their own stuff. You yeah, know, we they have don't, to do. They that don't get work. paid for that. Yeah, or or the retailer to to really sell you out on a book. Yeah, it's not like they're owned by giant corporations that have billions of dollars. That maybe a, a little slice of that pie can go towards a marketing budget well how many how many books do do people find through us even whether it be through these reviews or through the main show when we're talking about announcements we're doing that labor for them sure yep. all right so show's over until they pay us is that what we're doing <laughs> well <laughs> should we strike it? What's, our, what's our payment sometimes it's the books right like yeah. not dc <laughs> we can't even get co- connections at marvel you know what i'm saying like and we're we're a part of the marketing team uh milkbone crusader six which is not a name i've seen before welcome if you're new thank you for watching and commenting are you a dog (laughs) says price of comics is too damn high hey 
completely agree over on this side. We've talked about that many, many times before. That is absolutely true. Uh, but we uh, need to keep especially sorry, quickly for the fact that there's no marketing. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, let's let's jump into beneath the trees where nobody sees. Speaking of people finding books through the show. I think that this is probably something that is not on a lot of people's radars. And so, uh, you know, part of what we get to do is talk about new stuff. So, yes, there is there are more comics and superhero comics somehow, some way. This is written and illustrated by Patrick Horvath with letters by Hassan Otsman El Hal. And this is uh, this is an IDW book, by the way. So rare around these parts. Simple premise. It's a world in which everybody is an animal. And it's, you know, cute, cuddly animals of all kinds, you know, living in this little little town. You know, it's very, very cute and idyllic, you know, almost like um, it makes me think about like Winnie the Pooh or it makes me think about Animal Crossing. It's, like, it's the wonderful world of Richard Scary is what it is. I don't know what that is, but okay. Oh, okay. Um, this. <laughs> okay, there you go. Uh, except that the cute, cuddly little bear lady that we follow throughout this book is actually a stone-cold Dexter-esque killer. Yeah. So once, once she says play, there was a moment specifically that says, I only play in the city. I was like, hold on a second. Whoa, 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 whoa. What are we doing? Where are we going? Holy shit. And and that was a an entire like just visceral reaction through that. That book of the week, man. That was it. Who 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 was the clown murder uh, serial killer? Um uh, Gacy. Gacy, John yeah. Gacy. Yeah, that was a a clear Gacy. That's what Gacy did. He would only go into the city to pick up people. Yeah. Um to do that. So yeah, I, I kinda had the same feeling as you. I'm like, oh no. <laughs> um this is my pick of the week. Easily. Yep. Easily. Yep. I have never had my stomach churn from a comic before. And I, I didn't pull the page mm-hmm. for what for when it happens, but it, it's you read it and you'll know. <laughs> um, yeah, that was I cool. was literally just d- grossed out. Um, and I loved it. It was great. <laughs> so good. This is a phenomenal comic book. Um, you know, just top to bottom, this is really great. Uh, oh, Kale has a differing opinion. Forget me. Go for it. <laughs> yeah, go for it. I just... Listen, I was really into Dexter, and this book is Dexter episode one. Like, like almost like page by page, scene by scene. Like, it feels like it's ripped straight out of it. And... I, like I like the world, I like you know the art, incredible. Um, but I mean, even like the monologue for me is just it's Dexter. What, what do you call it? His dark, his dark passenger. Is that what yeah. it was? Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's right, that's right. I just like I had a hard time getting into it. Can you just enjoy a comic? Jesus, Christ. no, he can, he can dislike. The, he can dislike with the with the crap we read this week. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's Just right. Kidding. What was your pick of the week? <laughs> I didn't have one. 
What? Come on, dude. I guess, it would be world, I guess it would be World's Finest. Green Lantern was fine. It was the second issue. What's wrong with that? I didn't do anything. Oh. I But that's not to say I didn't like it, but it wasn't pick of the week material. This dude doesn't have that post-Comic-Con high is what, what the issue is. I just look like, I, you know, I, I like, I really like what Horvath is trying to do here. I, I hope an issue two uh, will be uh, more interesting to me. But again, like, it's just, it's going to be this bear trying to cover up for another serial killer who does it bad. Which is all Dexter was about. I, I do like the, the added twist that it's a woman and not a man. Because statistically speaking, most serial killers are men. Um, so I'm wondering if they'll play into that or is that just to do it? Um, but like some of the scenes like that, that, that scene, of the dinner scene right after the, yeah. the murder is just uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, it's like it's just like smash cuts to pouring wine. It's like after they were just pouring something else. Um, I, I agree with you, Kale. It is very cookie cutter um, in terms of like the Dexter model. I don't disagree at all. But I think the cartooning and the just the character work of all these side people is enough to get me invested in like, all right, something's going on. Like the goat guy, I knew he, he wasn't going to be an issue too. Like from, yeah. from, from the beat. Uh, but yeah. Also, why, why are there actual animals too? Were you confused about that? <laughs> I, I thought that was interesting. Yeah. yeah. There, there's like some sort of duality on that end that I, I, I couldn't figure it out. Is this um, a, a Mickey mouse owning Pluto situation? Like I never understood that. Yeah. Yeah. But but it was an interesting wrinkle, like because because especially since it happened after the murder, right? There's this like, uh, like beast versus intelligence thing, right? Where the the animal wouldn't have done that, but this intelligent creature would like does. I'm like, oh, that's a really good uh, juxtaposition. I thought that was a great moment. I I came at this I think from a slightly different angle. <clears throat> Maybe it's ridiculous, but. I was thinking a lot about the fact that, you know, that that Dexter comparison and thinking about the fact that the biggest difference is that these are animals and people eat animals. I consume animals. I eat chicken. You know, I eat cow. People eat duck. Right. Mm -hmm. And we're seeing them being killed in this book. And that's something that happens every day. But I was way, way, way more uncomfortable reading this comic book than with the notion of the fact that animals die constantly. And I eat them. Are you, are you expecting at the end of the, the, the book, it's just a giant PETA ad? Like this is just a PSYOP? <laughs> it just, I don't know. I, I, I got a lot out of this. I thought this was really good. Um, it is, a, is it cookie cutter? Yes, I think that's true. We will see how it is that Horvath plans to separate this from the other things that are like this. Sure. And that is to say, I look forward to it. Oh, you do? I do. 
I don't think this was bad. I just didn't like it. <laughs> I get that. You know, yeah, that's the, the most was, kale take ever. <laughs> it wasn't for me. Yeah. Yeah. Well constructed, totally. just not not your your cup of tea. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. This is this is this is uh I'm excited for this. And it seemed like there was a buzz at Comic Con about this. There was, yeah. 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 So it, it it feels like after it's gonna be like uh maybe like a sleeper and then as this gets collected and as more issues come out, you know, it'll it'll uh, hopefully it'll have a name for itself. I feel comfortable saying this is one of my favorite issue ones of the year. Damn. I mean, it's no Marvel Unleashed number one, but. <laughs> that was good. That was good, yeah. You no, know, this that is my pick good. of the week easily. Yeah. Yeah, same. And Kale, you're going with World's Finest. Wait, do I have to have a pick of the week? I think so. Them's the rules. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. World's Finest, then, I guess. I'll let Mark Wade know you were super enthusiastic about that. Did uh did you please don't tell Mark Wade that? <laughs> uh did you see Christian's uh comment? He said with a new person in the live chat, I'd have expected Kale to get a pick of the week together. Damn. Yeah. Come on, come on baby. Katie, it's like not Katie cleaning up the house before you have company over. Yeah, you're that's gonna dislike. <laughs> you're gonna disappoint the new live viewers, which everyone should uh join us live. We always have a great time. Uh, talking to the live chat while we do the show. Um, you guys are great. Appreciate all the interaction. Tomorrow is a special day, at least for me. And Tyler, too, I think. <coughs> oh, my throat hurts. Oh, right. Yeah, of course. Um, because Tyler's sick and he's going to have tomorrow off, which is great for him because he'll be able to play Marvel Spider-Man 2 all day. We're both super excited. Uh, I have decided at this point, uh, like a couple of weeks ago, like I'm done watching new footage. I don't want to see any more trailers, giving away too much. I already saw like once I knew, um, all right, it's 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 Venom and it's Craven. Cool. Don't really want to know more about yeah. the villain situation. I already got spoiled on one villain that is in the game that I wish I didn't know about. But I've only I only got spoiled once. So other than that, I'm going in blind and I'm super hyped. Dude, anyone else getting internet. this game? Yeah, get off the internet. I've already been spoiled on two other things. So Ooh. yeah, I'm I, like, ugh. you ever have somebody like put a tweet like with a spoiler image, and like it's the one you got to like click to reveal. I can't help yeah. but just click those. I know I don't want to click it, but it's got a button, so I, I spoiled something. For oh, myself, I so. see. You can't yeah. help yourself. I can't help myself. Um. Go ahead, Gil. Uh No, I'm poor. So. <laughs> I don't own a PlayStation. All right. Well, that's okay. Because the topic of conversation isn't necessarily this new game. Although, I think Tyler and I will probably do something related to it down the road. I think um, so. This weekend's a little busy for me. But I plan on mainlining this as soon as I get the chance to. Yeah. So, but I wanted to talk about, I think it opens up the conversation to talk about comic book based video games which have been come they've been come like i got into that before i really even got into like even knowing about comic book characters necessarily like my relationship between comic book characters and games is like one-to-one -one. you know x-men video game 
Batman video game, like going back to the Sega, um, that was how I got introduced to superheroes. I feel like that in the shows more than anything. Did you guys play those old games on like Super Nintendo and Sega? There was the one that I played most was Marvel vs. Capcom. Um, that mm-hmm. was a big deal for me. Um, you know, that's where I was like, oh, I don't know who Cable was, you know, <laughs> but he was in that game. You know, Shumagorath. Who the hell is Shumagorath? But like, I thought that I thought that was a Capcom character for probably a decade, like or more. Mm. Um, so yeah, that was that was like a big intro for me. My dad's PlayStation. That was one of the games he had. So we used to play that a lot. Um, the big one for me though is and and correct me in the chat or any of you guys. There was um, before Marvel um, Ultimate Alliance. Before that, there was X Men. Legends. Legends, right? Okay, it was X-Men Legends Age of Apocalypse. That was my game. I think it was on PSP is what I had it on. I played so... That, that's where I got introduced to Deadpool as a character. Um, oh, Just because wow. I liked his his character, his, his, his skill set in the game. He had like a quick little teleportation spell, like, like uh, move, and like that was sick for me. Um, yeah, those... And Ultimate Alliance, fantastic game. Um mm. Those two, and then there's the Spider-Man 2 game because it had that little kid where you had to find his balloon. He'd be like, my balloon! And, like, and you'd have to go and get it. And, oh, man, yeah, those those were a lot, of, a lot of good games then. For me, Dan pointed out in the chat the X-Men arcade game. Um, I love that game. You're Dude, that's, where I, that's where I learned about uh, Dazzler. Yep. That's all I needed. I used to go to the movies with my family. I have, I you know, I have three, uh, three siblings, and then you know my parent, parental figures, whatever, and we would all play that game at the movie theater. Yeah. That and The Simpsons, and we yeah. would play until there was no like, okay, we don't have money anymore, and it's not like we weren't a ri- we weren't rich or anything close to that. But for some reason, with those game, with that game in particular. We had to play until we beat that game. Yep. Yeah, for me, that was the Turtles games. The same same style, Turtles in time. Beat them up, yeah. side scrollers, oh. man. We're so good. Yep. The Michael Jackson Moonwalker one, also That's decent. That's a great game. Yeah. That's a great game. I I have an emulator now, um, so I get to I get to revisit, you know, some of these games. And X-Men, mm-hmm. the arcade game, is if I need a game to play, just like something to just sink my teeth into real quick, yeah. I jump into that. Do you ever just hear the the word Wendigo like in your head? Like, <laughs> oh my god, dude! Yes, that and Welcome to Die. Those are my two things that I always think about from that game. Magneto says Welcome to Die, which like doesn't even make any sense. But <laughs> he only had so much. There's almost only uh, so much uh, data space for that voice file. So, and then the the classic Colossus like power up move which which is i think one of our sounds if you sub or something it, it mostly worked on twitch it doesn't really work on, on twitch YouTube, yeah. but yeah yeah marco uh, you ever play a video game i was going to say my first superhero related game was actually the demo disc to spider-man 1 uh on I the playstation Spider-Man 1 yeah i love that game but I had the demo disc, so I had five minutes of play. I could beat those that first level so fucking quick, dude. Oh, I was speed running that shit. And subsequently, that's how I got into uh, watching speedruns was because uh, I like early, 
this was a few years like after, but um, I, I had remembered playing that, playing trying to beat it as quickly as possible, like optimize routes and stuff. I'm like, I wonder if other people have played this game like in full. That was the first time that I'd seen a full playthrough speed run of a game was because of that. Um, otherwise, Ultimate Spider-Man on GameCube. Yes. I feel like nobody talks about that game. That so was a much great game. game. Love that one. A lot of fun. Great art. Uh, and it was what I thought was the Marvel Universe at that time. I didn't realize mm-hmm. that Ultimate made a distinction. I'm just like, wow, this is crazy. This is so cool. Like, this doesn't look like the movies. I guess they're, they're taking artistic liberties everywhere. And Batman. I mean, yeah, I was going to say, without without the Arkham games, like Spider-Man 2 wouldn't exist. Like, sure. just the way the, the combat is. Like, those Arkham games were so good. Um, I, I remember it was Arkham Arkham Asylum, the first one, where it had that, you know, Batman's journal, and you can go in and read all these descriptions and all, all like, his entire rogues gallery. And I would just, like, I was like, who the hell is Tweedledee and Tweedledum? You know, like, and then I would learn about those characters. Um, great games. The lore in those things are phenomenal. A lot of fun. A lot of attention. Um, Arkham City was the one that I played. I didn't play Asylum. I I'd only played uh, Arkham City. And then whatever the one after that was. Arkham yeah, Knight. Yeah. Yeah, Arkham it was Knight. Knight. Yeah. Right. Arkham City is yeah. obviously the best one. But I, but I think Arkham Asylum's worth checking out if you can. Hmm. I've heard Arkham that. Knight. Yeah. Yeah. Arkham Asylum is awesome. I actually tried to replay that uh, not that long ago, and the control scheme just felt too old to me. I have a problem with some of those old games now, which is like, wow, video games yeah. feel clunky like this. Yeah. You, you guys ever play me? This was like a good, like a game me and my brother played a lot. It was on PS2. It was the movie tie-in game for Ang Lee's Hulk. Uh. I played the demo of that. Dude, it was so much fun. And it always looked insane. I Literally. really had I remember having a great time and going, I gotta get this. And I never got it. Everything was breakable. Which yeah. is what was great. Like you, there was everything was a destructive environment. Sure, you had those gamma dogs or the hell that movie had. Mm-hmm. Um but like I think that he actually threw in some villains in there. Like Abomination showed up in there. Um I think uh Bi Beast shows up in there, you know. Um yeah, cool stuff. Uh, Roboter says, I really like the the Wolverine games, even the hard one that was labeled under X2 Origins. That game is, yeah. Wait, is that a Wolverine-only game? Maybe. Uh, maybe. Because I, I remember I... Nightcrawler and Iceman being playable alongside Wolverine. Actually, I'm like two. Yeah. That game was I, not good. I <laughs> I had a a Wolverine game uh on my Game Boy that I blasted through and really had a great time with. Um I don't remember what it is or was or it, it the Game Boy game was apparently packaged with uh bundled with Spider-Man Mysterio's Menace. I remember that game. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't play that one, but my brother had it. Um, Dan, I love that Avengers game. That is one of my favorite old games, the Avengers, uh, Captain America and the Avengers game. That was where I first saw White Vision, and I was very, very confused when yeah. I saw like normal Vision. 
I didn't get that at all. Um, and I never understood why Hawkeye was in the game. <laughs> I never got that at all. But I love that game. I love when um when like Wonder Man comes and all he does, like he could obviously really be a big help, but all he does is throw you a transportation device that you can get in to fly if you're playing a character that can't fly. And Cap's like, thank you, Wonder Man. And he did absolutely nothing. And also, fuck the Red Skull in that game. Very hard final boss. Not a superhero game, but had a superhero character in it. Um, Tony Hawk Pro Skater 2. If you're 100% in that game, you can unlock Spider-Man. And that blew my mind as a kid. Sick. Um, so, like, I remember, like, my, it was me, my brother, my cousin. We're all like, oh, I can't I can't find all these skate letters and this thing. All right, I'll take, I'll take the control. And eventually we got him. And it was just pretty damn cool. I think, yeah, I probably did. I mean, I, I was obsessed with those games, so I probably unlocked them. I don't remember. I think Wolverine was in one of them. Shrek was in one of them. Shrek? Um, yeah, Shrek was like a secret unlockable, yeah. There, Shrek there, game. Bro, there was a moment in time where this country was obsessed with Shrek. Bro, <laughs> I still live there, brother. In the swamp. And you know what's so weird about you saying that is I went to Universal Studios, as you guys know, and, like, no real Shrek presence. Dude, they got rid of the one Shrek ride. It's gone. They're they're making a DreamWorks section right now. All right, this is not that show, um, but he'll be back. Um, <laughs> uh, there was a Wolverine game that I played for the Genesis and this game and a game called Splatterhouse, which is a horrible, not a horrible game, but like a horrifying game. Yeah, yeah. This Wolverine game is so disturbing because it presents it all. It's not like it doesn't present as like a cool comic book based, you know, action beat em up game. It's like a very serious game where you're playing as Wolverine. You have to rescue this little girl and Albert. The, the Wolverine clone is in that game, and he scared the shit out of me. That game freaks me out. To this day, it's also very hard. It looks like a Metroidvania type game. It is. Yeah, Ooh. it is. Wait, What's what it is called, Ian? Wolverine. Uh, Wolverine Adamantium Rage. That that game is crazy. Got me some emulators. Maybe I'll uh, <laughs> have a dip into that. It's really hard. Uh, I, I, I warn you, I'd recommend watching a video because that shit's frustrating. I've been playing that game for over almost 30 years and I still have not beaten it. Oh, uh, no, no, thank you. It, it, developed it, it, by like... Teeny Weeny Games and published by Acclaim Entertainment. <laughs> is, it, is it like janky, no. Sean? No, oh, it's, just it's just brutal. Oh, really? Okay, okay. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the first love, like... If you could beat that first level, record it and show me. I want to. <laughs> I want to see you do that. Uh, the The other one that I just remembered is um, uh, 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 Turok, the dinosaur game. I guess that's uh, a super. Is that a comic game. book? Yeah, technically, yeah. Yeah. Was really? it a comic book first? Yeah. Yeah. Fifties. Yep. Wow. It's like the same era as like Flash Gordon and stuff. Yeah. Oh. yeah. So I, uh, that that was stuff that I was really big into because I fucking love dinosaurs. And so I had gotten that because I'm just like, oh, it's a shooter, but it's also on the GameCube. It's yeah. teen, so I can get it. So I'm like, ma, buy it for me. 
And oh, my, a lot of yeah. My dad was super into that. We had it for the 64. Oh, okay. Nice. Um, and yeah, we had a lot of fun. The other game I ha- I can't have this conversation without shouting out because of how important this game is, is to me, is the uh, X-Men game for the Sega. I think it also came out for the SNES. Yep. Um, where you can play as Wolverine. Um, you can play as Gambit, Nightcrawler, and Cyclops. Uh, that game has... I've I've spent I probably spent the equivalent of like a month playing that game, maybe more. Uh I used to play that shit nonstop. Was that Battle for the Atom? Is that what the name of name of it was? No. Uh Battle for the Atom was a X Men fighting game. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this was just a side scroller, and I was so upset. As, even as a kid, just to show you how much I love this character, I was upset that the only way you could use Jean Grey was if you fell off the map, she would appear and she would psychically place you back on the stage at the cost of some health. And there were times when I knew I was going to lose anyway, and I would do it instead of turning the console off just to see Gene. Yeah. This dude down bad. (laughs) Sean's just leaping off buildings and into pits. Yeah. I'll do it for you. Come on, Gene. I want to see Gene. I mean, Please. like, so Spider-Man 2 comes out tomorrow, but, like, Insomniac also has that Wolverine game they're coming out with. And, yeah. oh, yeah. man, I want that. Just imagine the combat, st- this, this combat style with Wolverine is, oh, it's going to be insane. Yeah, I, I'm excited for that. I think that the world of, like, video games based on comic books, as good as we have had it with the Arkham and Spider-Man series most recently, untapped. I really think that the sky's the limit. I think those games can be incredible. And how someone hasn't figured out yet what a Superman game needs to look like to be great, I think that could be one of the greatest games ever if you do fly, it right. Fly through hoops, right? <laughs> legitimately. <laughs> legitimately the worst game ever that I have ever. played. Huh? Superman, right? Superman. We're talking about the same, same character, right? N64 Superman. Garbage. Yeah. Worst game on the planet. Yeah. Comic book related game on the planet. No. I know <laughs> what I said. Dude, I genuinely can't think of a game I've played that's worse. Honest. Um, it's a the Blizzard Superman game. game? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that was the biggest Blizzard L they ever took. Well, well, <laughs> not okay. quite. But. Oh. Uh, Jose in the chat points out uh, Shattered Dimensions. Spider-Man Shattered Dimensions. Never played I that. I really love that so, game. Yeah, it was great. Um, it used the multiversal Spider-Man concept and had all of the uh, animated series Spider-Man actors. So you had Neil Patrick Harris. You had uh, uh, Josh Keaton, I think. And then uh, the guy that did um, the... Uh, the 90s animated series was Miguel O'Hara, I think. Oh, then, I see. I see. And then there was another one that was um, Ultimate Spider-Man, who was uh, the symbiote Spider-Man. Tremendous game. Sick. I, I played that 
with my friend. I was helping my friend with that game, but I never actually owned it myself. But I, I enjoyed what I played. Yeah. And that was in that era where it was like after Spider-Man 2, where the bar was so, so high, and it just felt like they could not get back to that place. Yeah, uh, I I guess I played that one around the same time as um, uh, Star Wars Force Unleashed. Mm. Um, I think they came around right around the same time. Sounds right. Um, And I really enjoyed that, but uh, it felt like everything else was just uh, bad. They just could not do Shattered Dimensions again. Okay, listen, I know that this is not a video game podcast, and we're probably about to stop this, but you just brought up Star Wars The Force Unleashed. I cannot let this moment pass. During the pandemic, I made it my business to beat as many games as I could. And that was one of the games that I went back to. That was genuinely the single most aggravating, frustrating gaming experience of my entire life. That game is awful now. Playing it with modern control because it has an old control scheme, the bugs, the bullshit. And not only that, but my goal was to 100% these games. So I 100%ed that game, despite the fact that I enjoyed 0.0 moments of it. It I'm was a it was a, a bad decision. I'm glad you kept it easy during the pandemic. <laughs> oh boy! And yeah, he had to, <laughs> he had to do something that would be worse than still doing the show every week in the middle of a pandemic. That was the best part of my week every week. That's how that I feel like Kingdom only Hearts, though. Like you ever try playing Kingdom Hearts again? It, the camera is unbearable. Oh. Abominable. Yeah. It was bad back then. It's obviously insane now. Uh, yeah. What 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 uh, console did you play that on, John? The uh, the Force Unleashed. Yeah, yeah. So I played it when it came out on PS3, and then I just played it on PS5 during the uh, mm. or what do you? I guess P- PS4 during. I the played pandemic. it. I played it on Wii. And that was the best. That shit was fun. That was cool. Oh, was Marco, you look like a Wii kid. I mean that. Yeah. I I I, <laughs> yeah. I am a Nintendo kid. Like, that's the only console I ever buy. What except the whatever the Wii U, but that's the only console I care for. Play three four games and I go to bed. I will say, video game adjacent, but we have played it on the show. New Jackbox coming out soon, so Ooh. that could be fun. Roboters brings up the Fantastic Four PlayStation game. Let me tell you something, because that, that's another game. This fucking game, I wanted to play so bad. And I think I had a copy of it or something like that that I got somehow. But it was glitched because the game was dark. You couldn't see anything. It didn't make any sense. I couldn't play it. I was so angry because I love the Fantastic Four and I'm pretty sure She-Hulk was in it and I was desperate to play as She-Hulk and I have mm. never to this day genuinely actually played that game and I'm still mad about it. It's got like comic book art on the cover too. Like, jeez. It looked hot. A man said, I've got emulators. I'm always emulating. I've never played this game. <laughs> it's not there. I don't have it. Yeah. I don't have it. I Trust me, it drives me mad that I don't have it. I want this game bad. 
one at bat. We're talking about the 97 one or the 2005 one? 97. Okay, yeah. The 2005 one I played, and uh, I wished it was better. I really did. Damn. Because well, it's like, why buy that when you could play Ultimate Alliance that doesn't oh, yeah. like that has everybody, not just the, the FF. But anyway, that's our uh, that's our our chat about comic book video games. Um, I am very ha- uh, happy this weekend. I'm going to have the opportunity to completely exit life outside of doing this show and just play this game, Marvel Spider Man Two. Can't wait. If Saturday show is shorter, there's your reason. <laughs> you know why. Sean, uh, just a, a little uh, a peek behind the curtain. Sean has already posted the uh, show notes, which he normally does Friday night. <laughs> because my man knew. You know what, Kale? The reason I did it has absolutely nothing to do with that. <laughs> but I, I, I appreciate Fine the joke anyway. We're going to get out of here. Thank you guys so much for tuning in and hanging out with us. We really appreciate those of you who uh, stick around after the reviews and just give us a chance to wrap with you. Uh, It's always fun to uh, spend a little extra time with our pals. So thank you so much. Uh, Make sure you tune in this Saturday at 10, 15 a.m. Eastern on YouTube.com slash The Comics Pals for the main show. We're going to be talking about the possibility of an ultimate DC universe what that might look like if it happens which uh, I think it will uh, and a lot more we got a fun show planned it's going to be a good time so come hang out with us over there for that patreon.com slash the comics pals if you want to support your boys and go the extra mile for us like we think we do for you uh, there's a lot of fun stuff over there for fans of our show um, and for everything else at the comics pals thank you all so much for joining us for the rest of the pals I'm Sean saying thank you we love you until next time take care guys See you next week.